to Judges chapter 6, but also <coughs> Psalm 32. Judges 6, the account of Gideon, of course. A couple of verses, and then I'll read a verse from, uh, a couple of verses from Psalm 32 as well to get our our eyes uh, (coughs) on our theme. This morning, verse (coughs) 1 and of chapter 6 the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and the Lord delivered them into the hands of Midian seven years and the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel and because of the Midianites the children of Israel made them dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds verse 11 There came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak which was in Ophrah that pertained to Joash the Abiezrite and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. Psalm 32 and uh, verses 6 and 7. For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found and surely in floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place and shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we appreciate the opportunity to come and gather together around your word we thank you for it we thank you for this amazing revelation of you our creator god we thank you for the revelation of salvation in your son the lord jesus christ we thank you for the revelation of our great place of refuge and restoration We thank you that you ought to be and can be a hiding place for humanity, for your people. And this morning as we have a look at this idea, we'd ask that you teach us, instruct us. We thank you for the service that's already gone previously. We thank you for David sharing about the grace of God that has appeared to all men and father how it teaches us to live and this morning we want to look at that and consider that as well so father bless our time and we praise you for it in jesus name amen time of judges of course is a time of tremendous oppression 
I'm not sure whether you've sat down and read it and, and as you've gone through it, considered how uh, radical, bloodthirsty, violent it would have been. Uh, our time, of course, of uh, Joshua where God had used him and the people, uh, the nation uh, of Israel that knew the hand of God at work and delivering them from Egypt, um, they set about, uh, sorry, they had uh, conquered uh, the promised land, but there, of course, was some conquest that they hadn't finished off. Uh, they hadn't delivered uh, a number of the people God had said to remove out of their midst. And Judges, of course, is this <coughs> cycle of, of uh, weakness and, and um, seeking after uh, false gods and turning away from the Lord and then God sending uh, judges, uh, bringing deliverance uh, and then having a time of rest. Uh, but then the people becoming uh, selfish, complacent and, and being lured away by worldliness and, and uh, ungodliness and false gods and then a falling into sin and oppression again coming at the hand of God uh, and the cycle seems to go on and on. Uh, but here, of course, in chapter 6 uh, is the account specifically uh, of Gideon and how uh, he, uh, in, in the next couple of chapters, was used mightily again uh, to, to uh, by the hand of God, with only 300 uh, to, to conquer a vast army. Of course, that was a miracle, and that was the whole point of it for them to see that it was he who was their rock and their fortress, their strength, he, who was their great deliverer, was the one that they should have been resting in, walking in. He, who should have been their great hiding place and who should have then, uh, through that sweet, close relationship, empowered them to overcome all the evil obstacles uh, he did that, but sadly, uh, as they fell into sin again and again, uh, we see uh, they're not resting in God, but resting uh, in, in their own strength, uh, resting in their pride, resting in false religion. We're going to have a look at a couple of those things uh, shortly, but this idea of, of uh, resting, hiding in God, is one of the themes of scripture. Humanity was made to walk with God, to experience the presence, the power, the intimate experience of a creator, their creator, the God of this universe, the God of heaven and earth, the God who created man and woman in his image. And the Bible is about humans uh, who originally were in 
the presence of God, but they began to hide from him. Go back to Genesis chapter 3. Again, a, a passage that we are probably familiar with. I hope you are. The fall. Um, it's the reason why we have so many problems. Why is it such a mess? <laughs> because people are not hiding in God. Humanity is not resting in a relationship with Creator. And they do not have that spiritual power to bring about deliverance from their enemies. But chapter 3, uh, of course, in, in uh, verse um, 3, and verses 8, after... <coughs> They had taken of the tree and uh, had realised that the lie of the devil, <coughs> um, they hadn't had their eyes open, they had become gods. They had their eyes open, they saw, they knew good and evil, they had experienced it, but it had broken them spiritually and, and it had immediately alienated them from each other and from God the Father. And that's what sin does. Destroys relationships. But it says in verse 8 that they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves. Hid themselves. They should have opened up and reached out and confessed. They should have sought their God, who is a God of grace and mercy. And they should have sought to enter into that secret place and confess and be restored. But they didn't. They hid themselves. That's the first mention of the term hide. And it's significant because that's exactly where humanity is at. Humanity is hiding themselves from God today. We're going to deal with that a little more. It's interesting, the final mention in the scripture of the term hide is in Revelation and chapter 5, just turn there. Revelation chapter 5. In verses 15 and 16, here the tribulation period as the judgments of God are being poured out. The scripture uh, tells us in 6.15, the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the chief captains, the mighty men and every bondman, every free man hid themselves in the dens, uh, and the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and the rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb 
mankind in their sin hiding themselves, trying to from God and from his judgment. And yet we know that God searches not only the hearts and the minds, but the deep, the secret places. There's no escape. There's no place where God is not. And he sees and he exposes the thoughts and the intents of all people's hearts and his judgment cannot be eluded. Humanity hiding because of sin. These two verses show us that from the beginning of the scripture to the very end. Humanity is uh, hiding themselves from God, striving to, sorry, hide themselves from God in their sin. They should be striving, they should be seeking, uh, there should be this, this, this earnest desire to want to come back and recover the relationship and, and fulfil their destiny as the sons of God and hide in him once more and allow him to be their refuge, their rest, their rejoicing, their restoration, their the word hiding has to do with uh, a covering is the basic simple Hebrew meaning. But of course it has the idea of a shelter, a somewhere that's uh, a place of protection. And that has the idea of refuge and all that, that encompasses. Rest, a place of rejoicing because there is satisfaction there and security that's the idea of, of hiding not simply to hide in a in a superficial sense uh, to hide ourselves from threat or danger or hide ourselves because we're playing a game of hide and seek um, in the scripture that's the idea of it like most things there is a deeper and, and more spiritual moral picture in those things. Here in Judges 6, <coughs> we see again uh, um, a sad situation where God's people know him, who have experienced that relationship of sweetness, of satisfaction, of deliverance, uh, where in all of God's work of delivering them out of the hand of the Egyptians and then bringing them into the promised land and time after time giving them victory. Oh, they had some sin but it was dealt with swiftly and they knew and understood that if they were to rest in the Lord and walk in his strength and enjoy his power and victory, they had to deal with sin. 
they had to recognize it, they had to confess it, they had to repent, and they had to be restored, and then and only then could they rest in him. And he would be their refuge, their strength. I mean, he doesn't change. <laughs> and so the issue was them, as the issue is us. Our God doesn't change. Lord Jesus Christ, God the Son, God in the flesh, the resurrected reason, Son of God, He said, if any man labour and is heavy laden, then ye come to me and I'll give you rest. The Israelites, they should have known the story. But like you and I, we, we walk in the flesh and we forget what our God has done for us. And in the experiences of our spiritual walk uh, where we are right up there on the mountains, this tendency for self-dependence and self-reliance still is so strong that we almost immediately are open to the next deceit of the devil, the next distraction of the world, the next temptation that comes our way. And instead of walking in the victory, instead of remaining in that sweet and special place, we turn and we walk in the flesh and our God, he hasn't moved, but we have. And so he's no longer at that moment, the refuge, the strength, the mighty tower. When we're not hiding in him, we can't be compassed with the songs of deliverance. This, of course, was the situation in Judges. Um, it's interesting, <coughs> just read the part of the, the, the situation that was so desperate that they had to take some desperate measures. In verse 2, <coughs> chapter 6 and verse 2, It's after seven years. Now it's only, this is seven years of this particular oppression. <coughs> and the Midianites, they were massive. Just, just let's read it a little bit and see. It says, one children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. See, here's the problem. They're not remembering. They're not maintaining their relationship. And so they're not walking in his strength. He's not giving them victory. They did evil. In the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years, and the hand of Midian prevailed against them. And because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them dens, which are in the mountains, and caves and strongholds. And so it was, when Israel had sown, the Midianites came up, and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. 
and they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth <coughs> till thou come. And to Gaza left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor ass. For they came up with their cattle, their tents, they came up as grasshoppers for the multitude. For both they and their camels were without number. And they entered into the land to destroy it. Man, what a visitation. Hyperbole here. Without number. Grasshoppers for multitude. You get the idea. There is a vast number of them. And they're not just a few um, desert dwellers with their camels and sheep uh, and a couple of big sticks. The Amalekites, the Midianites were warriors. Well-armed, vicious, cruel. And heaps of them. So many, so consistent, so destructive over the years that at some point, verse 2 says, the children of Israel made them dens in the mountains and caves and strongholds. Why? To hide, of course. That's what you'd be doing. That's what I'd be doing. But hang on, there's a problem here. But it's a problem that many people saved or lost have instead of dealing with the issue they set up some other place to hide our world is full of places to hide from God Evolutionary humanism is a hiding place from God. Same-sex marriage is a hiding place from God's divinely appointed plan for man and woman families. False religion, wherever it be, whether it be in the local apostate Christian church, whether it be in the halls of the cults, whether it be in the Eastern philosophy, the yoga, which is not simple and not threatening. It's a spiritual exercise. These things are, lots of people have found hiding in those places instead of dealing with the problem which is personal pride and rebellion against the creator they make a hiding place and they think that's cool i'm going to be safe there they are not it's a falsehood and falsehood is never safe falsehood is never safe The Israelites, we think, great, they found some refuge in these dens and these mountains and these strongholds. 
But the problem with the strong hold is that the strong one wasn't there. And somehow, someone of the Amalekites or more would have got in and there would have been more slaughter and more oppression. And you know what? Sometimes when you're in the wrong hiding place, it's, there's not a lot of room there. It's very cramped and the damage that can be done is much greater. What should they have done? What should they have done? Well, the prophet, when they finally came to the end of themselves again, uh, sorry, again, and it took seven years this time, it took many, many years, many other times, but this time seven years. Can you imagine seven years? Wonder how many of us would be left here if this scenario was occurring after seven years how much vicious violent oppression how many murderous assaults upon our families took place in that period that's what sin does that's what the consequences of sin is that's what hiding in the wrong location brings about. They knew about the songs of deliverance that they were surrounded with when God was their hiding place. The prophet reminded them. In verse 8, the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. I delivered you out of the hands of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drave them out before you and gave you their land. I did. The Lord, he did that. And I said unto you, I'm the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Ammonites in whose land you dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Tragic reality. As I'd shared, they'd experienced the wonderful deliverance of God. 40 plus, 60 or so years probably. And then there was the time of the conquest as well. The hand of God at work, giving them victory. And when they were resting, hiding in him, they experienced not only that wonderful, special provision uh, and, and, and the relationship of, of the creator with his people, but incredible victories over overwhelming odds so that they sung those songs of deliverance with a glad heart constantly. But, but, 
but they would not obey. They disobeyed sin, selfishness. Distraction, diversion entered into their hearts. Some of them made their own hiding places while the consequences of their sin came back to them. Others chose other gods, falsely thinking that they might prevail. But again, the whole history of the Old Testament bears witness to the fact that those false gods are but stone and wood and useless in any event. Thou art my hiding place. We need to hide ourselves in him. Duck up to Psalm 32. As you're ducking, hold a finger and move up to Psalm 51. David, of course, knew and understood this principle. He shared with us in Psalm 51. <coughs> wonderful psalm of repentance and restoration after his sin the great sin of murder and adultery but verse 9 says hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities see this is the context of psalm 32 just turn back there Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man under whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, in other words, when I didn't call out, when I didn't in the recognition in the conviction of the Holy Spirit when I don't submit to that and, and repentance is worked in my heart and my mind and, and then I turn to my God and reach out and call out when, when that doesn't happen, day and night thy hand's heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer but when we acknowledge our sin unto thee and mine iniquity I don't hide I acknowledge my sin and mine iniquity have I not hid I said I will confess my transgression unto the Lord and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin see laugh think about it meditate upon it reflect carefully See, when God begins to work, judgment, 
and that begins to bring us to the point of, of confession and repentance if we turn from that moment and persist in our self-will sin, then it's going to be like a dry decade. It's going to be a drought. We're not going to be hiding in anything but the sun beating down, cooking us in our selfish dependency, in our self-dependency. But when we respond to the Spirit of God, acknowledge our sin, and, and we do not hide our iniquity, but we are open and we confess it to our God, then he forgives us and he restores us and he brings us into rest. And again, he becomes our hiding place. See, this is the context of verse 7, the forgiveness that's preceded when our transgression is forgiven, when our sin is covered, when iniquity is not imputed to us, when we acknowledge our sin unto God, when we don't hide our self-will, when we confess then, our God forgives and restores. And from that time on, that moment, we again are hiding in him and then he will preserve he will surround us which is what the word compass means surround us with songs of deliverance as Christians he will give us victory over our enemies the world the flesh and the devil are oh, there as numerous as the millions of Midianites. And they're just as ruthless and as vicious. Just as ruthless and just as vicious. This morning I wonder where are we hiding? Some of us in our pride respond, man, I don't need to hide anywhere. Some in our presumption think we're right with God when we're not. And that's an even more dangerous den to be hiding in. We need to ask the Lord to give us an open heart, to keep us tender that his judgment might work in us our families, our churches, our community, uh, a willingness to be convicted, to turn back to him, to seek forgiveness, to not seek after false gods that won't deal with that issue but make it even worse and to not make up our own hiding places 
from the consequences of sin to come back to our God. We need to hide ourselves again in him and that requires uh, a tender heart. It requires consistent reflection. It requires search me, O God, know my heart, try me and see if there be any wicked way in me. If we want to walk in the strength and victory that our God desires for us as Christians, like the nation of Israel, like Gideon, we need to remember what our God has done for us. We've been forgiven in Christ. We are born again. We are children of the Most High. We have the privilege of of entering in to the wonderful rest that our Lord Jesus offers us. And he can enable us to move through this world and have the, the refuge that we need, the restoration when we're torn down, the rejoicing of heart as the Spirit of God abides within and the power to engage in the enemies that are out there that want to ruthlessly slaughter us. Where are you hiding this morning? Let's pray. Father, as we come, we want to be aware of the battle that we are in. We take it sometimes, Father, um, a little too complacently because we live in such a special place. Lord, at this time, we thank you for that, the peace, the provision that's here. We thank you for the rule of law, but we know, Father God, there is a battle that we're in. We know that the enemy's prevalent and, Lord, he's busy. The world is constantly offering diversion and distraction and, Father God, detouring us from the mission that you've given us to bring the wonderful gospel of liberation, salvation, of deliverance to people. We pray that you would give us a willingness to hear the Spirit of God as you speak to us and, Father, to confess and forsake our sin and to allow you to work in and through us that we might indeed have the victory here. Help us to hide indeed. Now we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.